With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Exclude sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. Talk even. Today is February 28th, 2021, season five, episode nine. I'm V La Bianca, and with me today is Johnny Angel. Hello, V, and everybody. <laughs> Welcome. You are leaving nothing to the imagination today, no, my friend. No, I'm not even wearing any pants. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that quiet drive we had to the Free Thought Library. It was didn't chill. Talk to it was each chill. Other. Yeah, no. Figured, let it speak for itself. Surprise, everybody. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, what's What's been going on in your week so far? What's been going on with my week? Just uh, working with the nonprofits, getting that show going. We've got some interesting new guests coming up. Nice. Um, and uh, we're growing and we're working better as a team and having a lot of fun. And so um, do that every Wednesday. And we're But we're chatting all week long. Been nice. doing that and working the usual. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know that the ACA does quite a variety of different shows throughout the week, Nonprofits is actually another ACA show where uh, they talk a lot about news, uh, social events, uh, politics, all of that from a secular standpoint. And they're usually about four people on. So it's a little bit of a different format, a little bit more conversational, which I, I really enjoy. So yeah, you're repping the, uh, the nonprofits today. And that will be on after this at 3 p.m. Central. Is that correct? That is correct. You were on, was it last week or the week before that? It was at least two weeks ago at this mm. point. Time Probably even nothing. more than that. Yeah, we were stuck in a deep freeze for a week. So mm. my my year has been split into pre-deep freeze and now post-deep freeze. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Time yeah. is weird. Yeah, All yeah. right. 
Um, so we've got some open lines. We want to talk to theists, especially, and this is something I, I, I found out about this last week on Twitter. Uh, if you are a re-evangelical, if you think that the only way to properly deconstruct a fundamentalist, orthodox, and evangelical faith is to go back to a fundamental, orthodox, and evangelical faith, I really want to talk to you. Um, so call in. The number is down here, 512-991-9242. Or if you don't want to pay any tolls and you're outside of the U.S., you can visit tiny.cc slash call TH, um, and that will get you access to our screening room. All right. Uh, a couple of usual announcements before we get started. The um, Talk Even is a product of the ACA, which is a, a 501c3 nonprofit uh, dedicated to the promotion of positive atheism and the separation of church and state. If you are interested in what we do, if you like to support us, if you like watching the show every week, feel free to donate. You can donate on YouTube and we get 100% of the proceeds there because we are a nonprofit. So we like it when you do that. Uh, you can also join the channel and become a member and get access to a whole bunch of little emojis that are really weird and freak me out because they're like uncanny valley versions of me and I don't like looking at them. But if you like them, you should do that. It's fun. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Um, and at the hmm, about two-third mark of the episode today, as always, we will be thanking the top five patrons um, with a little bit of a honorary mention thrown in there, no doubt. All right. Um, anything else, Johnny? Anything you wanted to touch on today before we get to some callers? No, I don't think so. I just want to get to those callers. I've been born to hear today's callers and Let's see if it's been worth it. All right. There we go. We are dealing with nihilist Johnny today. This is good. This is good. Do you have a preference? Do you want to talk to anyone in particular today? Um, rational reasons for theism. That's Gohan. In oh, Texas. good old Gohan. It's been a minute. All right. Let's talk with Gohan and see if he gets himself blocked again. Hey, Gohan, how are you doing today? Good. How about you guys? They're doing good. good. Excited to talk to you again. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, yeah. All right. Been, uh, called back in uh, good. I think it's been over a year, but yeah, you guys been doing good. Yeah, we've been hanging in there, still going mm -hmm. strong. Mm -hmm. uh, what can we help you with today? What is your reason for calling in? So, uh, one of my uh, arguments for well, one of my main reasons for being a theist is the idea of rationality and. Um, if I was to kind of become an atheist, this would be one thing that would have to be toppled for me pretty quick. Um, well, if you're just, mm -hmm. okay, uh, you're gonna have to sell uh, me on that one. Sure, sure. Um, just like a quick summary is like uh, I see two options for rationality. One is uh, we kind of just um, came from a long line of um, cause and effect that kind of gave us our mind, which okay. doesn't really leave much room for rationality, or there's a uh, somebody or something that kind of gave us the ability to have free will and logically think, which is something not coming from just a long line of cause and effect. Why do you think those are mutually exclusive? Why couldn't we have the ability to um, have free will and logic naturally without intervention? That, that's a fair question. Uh, I would say, like, um, if we are really just a long line of cause and effect with no input from anything else, that, that would kind of make our thinking more of reactions 
chemical reactions inside our brain, which we don't have control over. And then so the reason, so I, what I'm sensing here, and, and let me know if I'm, if I'm wrong, your reason for wanting to remain a theist is more about a, a concern that you might not have free will otherwise? Uh, pr- pretty close. Uh, it's, it's not like that's why I want to remain a theist. That is one reason I am a theist. So like whether I'm... Oh, 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 okay. So your, your free will proves theism. All right. Prove free will. Yeah, I, I would say that would be a pretty good summary of my stance. Um, okay, cool. And so, now, now you're kind of, so you're, you're asking me to uh, prove free will? Well, if you're going to use free will as the reason you believe in a god, then we need to agree that we have free will for you to continue to make that argument. And I'm not exactly convinced of that. So convince us about free will, I guess. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly right. Convince us that free will exists. I recently read, um, been on a reading spree lately. And the what you just started talking about reminded me of two books that I just recently read, and you might consider checking it out yourself. Uh, both are by Dan Dennett, From Bacteria to Bach and Back, which talks about how a cognitive mind can develop, how there can be, uh, how nature can create an intelligent creature, an intelligent design without a designer. And then Elbow Room, which talks all about the nature of free will and whether we have it and um, to what extent we may or may not have it. So before you form opinions about having free will, before you form opinions and dig too much in the dirt about um, where our minds come from, you might want to look into a book like this, either by Dan Dennett or other or other thinkers and, and writers, to challenge your preconceived notions. Because after reading this, I was there's a lot of questions that I still have a- need answers to that I'm probably not going to get unless I go get a PhD in neuroscience. Yeah, uh, Gohan, what what yeah, research I'm, have you done? So uh, I know of uh, Dennett's book from Bacteria to Bach. I haven't read it, but uh, there's a lot of uh, good debate shows to watch. So I've watched uh, watched him explain the book, which is it's not the same as reading it, but kind of watching the author explain this book in a debate is pretty close to it. And I definitely remain unconvinced of his viewpoint after that. Um, I would say there's another book that you guys might want to check out. It's from an atheist as well. His name is uh, Thomas Nagel. Uh, have you guys heard of him? I have. He's a pretty big atheist in some New York university. Um, he wrote a book back in, I think, like 2010, 2012, something like that. Um, it's called Mind and Cosmos. Uh, and then it's got a subtitle saying, like, how the neo-Darwinian view of the of nature is almost certainly false. And that is more about how uh, the idea of rationality cannot come from a purely naturalistic standpoint. Okay, but again, we're kind of... Th- thank you for that answer. I did ask what research you did. You gave me a book. That's awesome. But this conversation is not answering the question that I asked initially, which is... Can you prove free will to me? Because I am not convinced we have it. And so saying, well, obviously we have free will, therefore God, that first part kind of falls on its face before we even get to the God question. So how have you become convinced that you have free will? So uh, I I know I'm kind of basing this call off of rationality, but uh, I I think within the idea of rationality, there's a like subcategory of free will. So I think if you don't have free will, 
you cannot be rational. If you don't have the ability to choose or go back and examine things, there's no way to be rational. And all that takes is free will. So as long as you can examine things rationally, that's evidence for free will by itself. Otherwise, why would I, if what, what my brain is going, what's going on in my brain is just, well, you, you, you gave, why would I trust it? Well, no, you gave two, two examples of what, what thought processes and rationality could be. You said either we have free will or it's chemical reactions in the brain that we have no control over. I'm not necessarily tied to the idea that we have control over our rationality to a certain extent. Sure, probably we can you know, move it in one direction or another based on the research we put into our heads. But at a certain, part, at a certain point, it is actually automatic. And so you, you gave us an example of what a thought process would look like without free will, which is just chemicals firing the brain, those, those neurons, those, those synapses. So my question is, how do you know it's not that that's happening? How do you know that it's something else? Yeah, I uh, one thing for sure is I, I minored in math, and there was a couple of classes where I can tell you for sure it was not natural. Things did not just come to me. You have to rationally think of it. It's not just synapses firing. It create it requires thought into uh, logical steps, and that is not just natural synapses firing. Uh, go, go ahead. You oh. you've heard you've heard yeah. of and. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were stopping. Go ahead. Please continue. Yeah, Finish yeah. your thought. No, pretty much I was stopped. Oh, okay. I was pretty much stopped. <laughs> you, you can go ahead. All right. Um, I don't have a citation to give you right now, but you've heard of these studies, these reports, uh, scientific experiments where people have made decisions. They, they do like a, an examination of the brain, do a scan of the brain, and they show that a decision has been made before the person is aware of the decision. Yeah. Right. So... You've heard of that before, and yet you say that you know that thinking was going on while you were taking your math courses, that you had to sit down and cogitate, right? How do you know that there wasn't some other aspect of your brain that was doing the thinking and then at some point made you aware of what the solution was through some process? Yeah, so uh, I I also became a physical therapist, and I did some studies. Uh, I did actually look at that study, and... uh, it's not necessarily that the uh, the the scan just showed that there was activity before they realized the decision was made. It doesn't mean that the decision uh, was already made before they realized it. So just because there's activity in that part of the brain didn't mean for sure that the decision was already made. No, but it certainly points sense. us closer to one version of this than the other, right? There, if if your concern is that your brain is making decisions without you, and we're seeing the brain light up before you make a decision, then that kind of points in that direction. At the very least, could you well, say that I mean, it it's, it's undetermined? I mean, any any amount of thought requires decision before you realize it. You have to think through. So, if there's a spot on the brain that lights up before you realize you made your decision, that could very well be just you thinking on your way to coming to a decision. Well, you're talking about very well. Again, you've reached conclusions that neuroscientists are just starting to understand in any kind of a useful way. You've reached a conclusion that the experts in the field that dedicate their entire lives and will continue to do so, and generations will continue to develop the science, um, are going to be working on this problem. But you've reached a conclusion that to your satisfaction is uh, decided. Um, um, I'm 
I'm sorry, but uh, I, I, it wasn't me that was saying that I purchased. I was not uh, You're breaking up pretty badly. Uh oh. I'm sorry. Can, is this any better? That's better. That's yeah. that's better. Okay. Get out of the tunnel. Um, <laughs> so I, I wasn't trying to say that the study shows that you were thinking before you made your decision. It sounded like you guys were saying before the decision was made, before you realized it, the decision was already made. I was just showing oh, that that's oh. not necessarily what it shows. You right. Know, let, Here, let, here's the okay. – I, I want to cut to the chaser because we do yeah. want to move on. Um, Gohan, the, the initial issue I have with this line of reasoning is that I am not convinced that we have free will. I have not seen enough on either direction to prove to me one way or the other. And so it's something as flimsy as that, as a basis for an argument about something as big and important as a God, especially the God I believe you believe in from prior conversations. That feels like kind of building a house on sand, isn't it? Kind of like building your house on on that sandy foundation. It's not going to hold up to somebody who doesn't have that same strong conviction of free will. So maybe uh, this was a good conversation. Uh, I think we managed to keep it civil. We had a you know good couple of minutes here. So if you want to call in again, you are welcome to. I'm happy to have you on again. Uh, maybe either come with a, a better explanation about free will rather than just I define rationality as necessarily including it. And or okay. uh, talk about uh, a God claim without that particular component, because I can tell you we're just going to get hung up on that um, and not really be able to move forward. So happy to hear from you again. Uh, but this particular argument needs a lot more time to kind of build out, I think. Well, that, that sounds fair enough. And before I go, can I just leave you guys with a question? Uh you can. We will probably let you off the hook and answer it off yeah. live. But sure, that's, go for it. That's more than fair. Yeah, so uh, you you were kind of saying that it seems bad to build such a big thing about God on such a unfound uh, argument as free will. But then I, I, I would probably turn that around. If we substitute the big thing for God for rationality, well, what do you make your basis for rationality on if it's not just um, cause and effect going on in the brain? Well, I never said that it wasn't just cause and effect going on in the brain. It could very well be. So I was, I was just wondering what you guys kind of base your rationality on. And I understand there's a bigger show than just me calling in. So I appreciate the time. And Absolutely. Yeah, call back with that question. We can have that conversation for sure. All Thanks, right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The you know can I say mm. something something Go that I was it. thinking something from the beginning of the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, Go and talked about watching debates online or in person, and that being not quite as good as reading a book or doing studies. I'm not. I not encourage quite, everyone. Yeah, I encourage convinced. everyone to go out there and watch <laughs> your debates. But um, really, doing the research is is I think more important than watching debates because everything gets clipped, everything gets shortened and abbreviated and it's bullet points mm -hmm. and reading a book isn't even enough really because people spend their entire lives trying to understand things, dedicate their, their postgraduate work to, to fleshing out skeletons that they've formed in their, in their undergrad and graduate degrees. So, um, understand that the farther you get away from being on the ground, doing the research, the farther away you're going to get toward a, a properly resolved understanding of what the science is. 
Absolutely. I fully agree with you. I'm glad you jumped on that because I was thinking the same thing. It is absolutely, I, I love that Gohan knew who you were talking about, what you were talking about. And honestly, like Dennett, Dennett's my man, last of the four horsemen, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's, it's useful to have a basic conception of these things at least, but holding up a YouTube video against, you know, not only someone who has read a book, but maybe somebody who has studied this personally, you know, in, in, in school and in their job. There, there are levels of this and reaching level one doesn't qualify you to make claims about level five or six, if that makes sense. It's a, I mean, it's a start. It's, it's a way to pique your curiosity to see if something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you, you only have so many hours in a day. So, all right, let's talk with Tom in Arizona. Man, I haven't had many people from Arizona call in. I miss Brenton. Oh, hello. hello. Hi. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good. Uh, do you have us on in the background? Because I can hear my voice coming through your phone. It's very distracting. Tom, oh. didn't the call screeners warn oh. you not to do that? <laughs> oh, okay. It okay. happened. Yeah, so- no worries. If you've got us on speaker or if we're on in the background, we're good. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so I just want to talk like, what, yeah, do you guys oppose a religion or do you guys just think a religion has no evidence? You know? Oh yeah. Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, what do you say? What's I oppose religion. Not all religion, of course. I, I, I oppose it for different reasons in different environments, but I don't think necessarily that religion poisons everything as some famous people may have said in the past did say in the past um yeah but i think it leads people down the path of magical thinking of faith in authority that's unfounded of passing the buck to someone else to do your own critical thinking and research and evaluation um but mostly it's ab- i say abdicating abdicating your own responsibility for your actions personally whatever i do i'm on the hook for it and if there is a savior or a series of rituals that I can perform that without making up to that to to the pers- people that I've wronged, that somehow absolves me of my crime or makes the world a better place because I've done this series of rituals, that just that's just wrongheaded to me. Um, also, it's just problematic that people can't separate their own mystical beliefs from what they think is good in society because. I mean, it doesn't make it makes sense that they would have that problem because we're they're talking about eternity. They're talking about eternal consequences for their actions. And why wouldn't you do what's better for someone on an eternal scale than what's good for a person in the immediate in the immediate scale? Um, so I oppose it, but that doesn't mean that I want to crush all religion in front of me to take it away from people to prevent them from practicing it or believing their thoughts by some dictate of atheism in any way i think and i think v would agree with me but we'll see that uh we want to show that there is an alternative to a religious way of thinking a mystical thinking magical thinking and show that it's more reliable that it's more compassionate that it's more effective in making the world a more livable place for all people and then they choose or they examine the facts in front of them religious thinkers and they walk away from it on their own volition. So does that answer your question? Yeah. So when you say like a magical thinking, you know, uh, so you're implying 
like you're saying, like without evidence, right? Or well, magical thinking is a very specific kind of thinking where you think that the things that happen in your head influence reality. So say you were you had a, a football team that you really liked. And it was during the Super Bowl. And they were playing. Right. And you're like, if I get up off this couch to go to the bathroom, they are going to lose yeah. because I need to be here to help them win. And you actually in some way think that will help. That's magical thinking. So uh, a comparison religion wise would be praying and thinking that a prayer that you say no matter how fervently you mean it impacts the real world yeah right uh, like um you know for example do you always walk by faith right like when you, when you go to college you hope that you graduate you succeed in the degree and get a job right you don't just uh, wait for the evidence right you are just having a positive thinking right like, well actually you know, colleges right, do a pretty intense job of demanding a lot of evidence that you would be good in that college before they mm -hmm. let you in no no um, i'm not just college but when you start a business or you know anything like you invest in something you always uh, look for the positive side always uh, you're hopeful right yeah i yeah. would definitely advise against investing without doing enough research to accurately yeah. predict what would happen to your money um I, tom i, I think, think most successful business people yeah well, here's here's my question. Um, do you because it sounds like you're equating hope and faith here. You're saying you walk by faith because you hope things will happen in a way that benefits you. Are those the same thing for you? Hope and faith? Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Hope, in, hope like, and faith. I, I mean, let's take about Christianity. You know, let's talk. So um, so you're uh, OK. Can you rephrase that question? I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, you said everybody walks by faith because when you go to college, you hope that you will succeed and get a degree and graduate. So you just in that sentence told me that you think that faith means hope. Is that true? Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, kind of, you know, like, um, um, yeah, it has uh, if it has documented health benefits, you know, like uh, religious upbringing has uh, health benefits, you know, uh, like scriptural reading has its own health benefits. And there are studies that shows positive correlation between uh, the scriptural literacy and academic achievement, right? So that is like sort of a healthy behavior, right? So a healthy lifestyle is what we want, right? Well, actually, there is a lot of there has been a lot of research done around how people in religious groups versus non-religious groups uh, interact with the world and think of themselves. And it does seem to be that on both kind of ends of that spectrum on that bell curve. So you've got super religious on one side and then it goes up to like doesn't care at all one way or another. And then it goes back down into, you know, has strong convictions about their lack of religiosity. That would be me and, and Johnny. Um, so on either end of that, you, like you see evangelical... benefits. Okay, I heard it. Oh, you yeah, like... on either end of that, you see the benefits. Yeah, and it yeah. turns out that a lot of what they're pinpointing as being beneficial is not the religion itself or how true the religion is, but rather what the religion or a community founded around lack of religion provides, which is community. It is support. It is resource acquisition, right? It's the ability to uh, feel like you belong, like you're accepted. So a lot of the things that we initially would say, oh, well, clearly religion is beneficial because it offers us all of these health benefits. Turns right. out you can have all the health benefits without all of the negatives that religion also brings to the table. So my question is, why would you want to 
why wouldn't you want to parse those apart and actually just go with the stuff that is healthy as opposed to having to wrap that in this, all of this baggage? Um, like, you know, uh, you can have health benefits, uh, like, you know, uh, for example, you work out, right? Uh, working out has health benefits. You can also get the same health benefit by popping some pills, you know? Um, no, you, no, you can't. So does that make sense? No, you can't. Um, <laughs> You'll kill your kidneys. Like, v and I have talked about this. You'll kill uh, your kidneys and your liver. Don't do that. People out there, don't pop pills to get healthy. <laughs> all right? That's a, that's a Johnny uh, Angel I promise. Mean, you can have... Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No. Um, yeah, like... Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well... I feel like we're bouncing all over the place here. And I want to make sure we go back to your original question, because that's what you called in for. We want to make sure we're getting on track. Sure, 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 so sure. you asked whether or not we oppose religion or just don't find it convincing. For me, it's both. Right. I don't find it convincing personally, but I also think that it can be dangerous. But very much like what Johnny said, that does not mean that I want to get rid of it entirely. I actually liken it very much to the Second Amendment and the conversation around guns in this country, right? So there are people who are like, we should destroy all guns, I guess. I'm told by the by people on the far right that that's a thing. Melt them down. Melt them down and make, I don't know, I don't know what. Candelabras. <clears throat> but I'm not in that camp. I think that in certain circumstances, having a gun is probably a good idea, whether you want to have fun at a shooting range or, you know, right. you are working on a farm and you need to protect your, your flock from whatever. That's cool, too. But I think that the unregulated and absolutely just saturated culture around guns in this country is very irresponsible and i think that it is leading to a lot of harm so that is kind of the same way i view religion it is a tool right and in certain instances sure it can be useful to the individual i don't want to take away religion from every individual what i do want to do is make sure that it is regulated and make sure that not everybody can get their hands on it in a way that will hurt other people for yeah, me, I think it's dangerous. Oh, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. You're 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 calling and you're taking your time and calling us in. What do you have to say? Sorry about that. Uh, look, uh, I just think that you know, um, for example, in contemporary America, like a country founded on Judeo-Christian principles, uh, it will have influence. You can just uh, eliminate religious influence, right? Like you will have. I mean, the the foundational like all the law legal systems were based on Bible and things like that. So. That's actually not true. Uh, that is true. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> uh, we, we, we do not have the time to get into that. But I would recommend you okay. go back to a previous episode of Talk Heathen where Andrew Seidel is on the show with Jamie Boone back when we were still in the studio. They have a really good conversation around this exactly. Andrew Seidel is the lawyer with the American Atheist Foundation, and he wrote a book oh, okay. called uh, Our Non-Christian Nation, I believe. It's and, um the the founding myth, which founding I just read. Myth, you it. should check it out. Yes, yeah. and he goes into it a lot. And it, I've done research as well. The book "Sex and the Constitution" is a great place to start if you're interested. By Jeffrey Stone, uh, it's a it's it's a it's propaganda that the country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, especially the idea that our laws and our system of government was based on it. It was very explicitly not based on it. But that's a conversation for another time. Tom, thank you for calling in. Uh, feel free to call in again with another question. I hope we did answer okay, okay, at okay. least that initial question for you. Yeah, take care, Tom. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. That is probably one of the most frustrating misconceptions to me personally. Um, is Andrew with FFRF not American Atheists? I got so many things wrong in that sentence. Um, right. But yeah, uh, just the idea that like, oh, well, this is a Christian country. So right. and that like, ugh, that's it's not. And it just if you come at me with that, the only thing you're telling me is that you are very susceptible to propaganda. Yeah, uh, that is that is literally all. Um, I do want to talk to Hiram in New York. I know Hiram had I think he had like a chat question, um, one of the Facebook groups. And I think he's calling in here. Uh, Hiram, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, Hiram. Yes, Hi. uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't been on since like uh, a year ago before the pandemic, but uh, the, the reason I called today is because uh, I don't know if I'm misconstruing a, a thing that Matt said, which is he said, I don't know if, if I misheard it, but I think he said that late-term abortions, uh, pregnancies were late-term abortions, and, I, and I, 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 want, I want to clear that up and make sure that I'm, I'm hearing it right and not uh, saying things that are not true. Uh, well, you would have to talk to Matt to figure out exactly what he said and what he meant. I doubt that that is the takeaway that he intended because pregnancy uh, or giving birth is not an abortion unless you're talking about abortion as in like the pregnancy has ended. But abortion suggests that it was, you know, terminated prior to being, you know, complete. So I would personally say that that's not accurate. Um, I wouldn't go around saying that myself, yeah. but uh, you'd have to talk to Matt. Yeah, I think he he's he did a he did a atheist debates on it or check out recent episodes of AXP. I know this that was going around for a while, but or call in and ask Matt what he has to say about abortion on. Yeah, you could do that in a couple hours. That's right. He'll be here. I think. No, it's going to be Shannon, actually. Call next week. All right. Thanks, Hiram. All right. Um I was expecting that to go in a different direction. I had like papers on late term abortion statistics up here ready to go. And now I X them out because they didn't need them anymore. Guys, we are still looking for some theist callers. We've got a couple on the line still, but we would love to talk to more. So if you are interested in calling, call 512-991-9242 or log into tiny.cc slash call TH. And that'll pop you into our screening room. Johnny, should we take Kevin from New York? Is that Kevin from New York? Kevin from New York? It's or is Kevin that a from New York? Kevin from it's, New York. It's the real deal, Kevin from New York. If so, it's, yeah, let's yeah, take him. Yeah. yeah, you wanted to talk with Kevin before him. Yeah, hey, I talked to him sure. on on call screening. He's a nice guy. If that's okay. the Kevin from New York, I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay, Kevin from New York. Are you the Kevin of New York? Yeah, yeah, I'm him. <laughs> okay, well, your reputation hey, precedes you. How you doing? How are you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for taking my call, you guys. For sure. We are going to hold you to the fire, though, so I hope you're expecting that. I don't want to hear about Planet X. <laughs> or the um, pineal gland. Um, but uh, what, what have you got for us today? Yeah. Oh, um, it it had to do with um, the claim that uh, the subconscious mind is the mind of God. Now, I'm not going to talk about the pineal gland, actually. Um instead other things other things that uh we know for sure okay but before we get into all of that you kind of threw a a deepity at us right kind of like a woo-woo statement that got me a little bit confused so let's talk about what your actual 
actually claiming first before we get into the reasons behind the claim. What does it mean when you say the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind is the mind of God? Um, What I mean by that is that it's something that we all have access to without knowing it. Like air? Uh, Is that the only criteria? Because there are other things we have access to. We all take shits. Is shitting the mind of God? More has to do with, uh, it more has to do with with dreams because that's that's uh, the closest that we come uh, to having access to our subconscious mind. Okay. Okay. Can, so can dreams I, are we're tapping into yeah. the mind of God. How do we know that? How do we know that that's the mind of God? And I, I beg your pardon, V, but how do we know that we're not t- tapping into the the mind of you know, Morgoth or something with the mind of something else. How do you know it's God? And it's not a collective unconsciousness of humanity that we're tapping into. Well, I come to the, uh, why well, I call it that myself because, um, you know, that's, that's the closest that we've come to understanding what God might be. And where it is the, uh, it's the closest. How, how do you know, how did you measure that? This is the closest we, we've ever come to what it might be. Who decides it's the closest? Yeah, who is the we? Because you said we have. I'm curious. No one asked me. Oh, I, I, to explain that, it's because if if we think that there's a God, then God would be, I, I guess, a person who could create something from nothing. And so <laughs> uh, that's why I brought up the concept of, of dreams, because um, it, it also works off the, the claim that that man is made in the image of God in which... While we're dreaming, uh, we have access to the subconscious mind. Okay, but the dreams are not something out of nothing. Dreams are very specifically part of our chemical makeup in the brain and actually do a lot of important work flushing out the brain at night. And it also has to do with uh, things that actually happen to us. You know, and I don't know if this is actually true. So if somebody knows better, tell me in the comments that I've heard that you cannot dream about a face you have not seen in real life. Like every face in a dream that you've had, you have seen at some point in real life. So your dreams are your brain recycling things that have happened to you in reality. So it doesn't come from nothing. So I'm not clear where that line is drawn. Yeah, and Kevin, I'm hearing a lot of spoken and implied ifs here. If the human mind or the or the man is made in the image of God, if God exists as an entity of some sort. Back up, back up. Forget about all these these contingent claims. What a, where, prove the ifs, okay? Is does God exist? If so, give uh, us your evidence. Oh, yeah. What have you got? But, but going going back, I, I agree with what you said about dreams. I uh, the answer to your question was yes, but going back to to dreams. It, it does work off of the human experience, but it is mm-hmm. also randomized, but in such a way to where, um, strangely, it seems like uh, in the state of dreaming, and this is recorded from people who have uh, lucid dreams, that once you think about something, it becomes reality, even though, even if you want it to or not. Or, How do you define reality? Uh, um, Sorry, that's a tangent. <laughs> I'm getting on a tangent. You're, you're doing the Kevin thing. Yeah, you're yeah. good at it. You're real good at it, Kevin. Yeah. Every uh, time gonna, we try to get out, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to, gonna have to co- uh, go back to the go back to the beginning. Okay, let us grant, for the sake of this argument, 
that the only thing we can know about God is that we can access that God through our dream states. Now what? Um, I, I may Great. have said that wrong. Not access God, but experience uh, characteristics of God. Okay. So God gives us dreams, or we tap into God through dreams. What does that tell us about God, except that sometimes God thinks it's funny to throw me into high school without any clothes on? But your high school is actually the mall that you used to go to when you were a kid. And yeah. all of your coworkers are now your, your high school classmates. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, just the claim that that thought uh, brings about uh, the creation of a reality. And, and that's, that's the characteristics I'm uh, trying to bring to this argument for God. But what, it, what brings about the characteristics of reality? I'm confused. Uh, just, uh, just thought. Thought itself. Thought brings about the creation of reality uh, in, in uh, dreams specifically. So, so thoughts create dreams. Therefore, other things can create things that are not dreams. That feels like a weird connection to make. Are you saying that we can dream things into existence? Like we can cast out into the world our dreams and they are made manifest in, in the universe? Is this the secret? Well, it's <laughs> what sounds like, dude. But, <laughs> I mean, that, that only depends on what you're talking about. I mean, if, if the goal is something realistic and it can be worked for uh, towards. Okay. But, I'm, okay. Mm. I want to, yeah, go sorry. ahead. V. Sorry. I, I'm going to pull back here. I'm going to look at my understanding of Kevin as opposed to the understanding of this particular argument, because this is a thing that we've talked about before. We've talked about this multiple times on multiple calls, which is something that you do that a lot of people do, uh, but you should stop doing, which is you take one set of things that may or may not have a direct correlation to each other, right? We, we create dreams with our thoughts. And then you take this other set of things that have no actual connection to this set of things. And you say that because this set of things works in the same way, in one way, that this set of things works in the exact same way. You're drawing correlations between sets of things that don't necessarily connect at all. So in this case, you're talking about dreams and thoughts versus God being able to think the universe into existence. When you called about the pineal gland, you talked about what the pineal gland does in the brain, therefore what the soul does in the universe or in your body. And you're drawing these connections and it's it's fun to do, but it doesn't actually prove anything outside of Kevin has a brain that puts things into categories, which is good. That's what brains do. You have a functioning brain. Congratulations. But it doesn't really do more than that. Are you are you seeing where I'm getting a little bit uh, mixed up, Kevin? Um, I do draw connections to these things, and mm -hmm. and that's just it. There, I do see connections between them, and it, it works off. It works off of something that I said before that um, that I don't think that the brain, uh, the consciousness, is a byproduct of the brain, but consciousness is actually filtered by the brain. You know what I mean? No. I'm going to be honest. I don't. <laughs> but the 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 thing that I want to leave you with today is that is how we learn and grow. If you've ever played a game like uh, The Witness, right, where you're you're doing puzzles and you're running around this world, and and every time you do a new puzzle, you draw connections back to a previous puzzle that you've done, and you're feeling, oh, that feels good. That feels right. That is good. That is how we survive. That's how we make 
new discoveries. We draw connections between things. The entire point of doing research, of getting degrees, of training in a field is to make sure you know how to connect things correctly and when things connect and when things don't connect. So you're halfway there. You've made those connections. And I'm not denying that you have. I'm sure that in your brain, that is a very clear connection. The next step, not just with this question, but with all of the questions you've called in about so far, is make sure that you are making those connections correctly and that there's actually that tying thread between the two. Because a lot of the time, there really isn't outside of your perception of the thing. So I'm going to leave you with that. I'll let you finish out any last thoughts you've got, Kevin or Johnny, of course. I want to say something too. Kevin, give, give us something and then I want to say something, please. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, another reason why I, I come to these sort of things is because, uh, you know, as I research the Bible and, and you know, I also read apocryphal texts, mm-hmm. um, just, just the concepts. If you can just, uh, uh, um, give me the benefit of that, of the concept of God for a moment in which we think of God as say, uh, the ultimate ruler of, of things of, of the universe of reality. Now, um, characteristics of that is the reason why I, I mentioned, mentioned God as a ruler is because, um, the only thing that would make uh, a ruler good is if he followed his own rules. And so I, I get confirmation from that from an apocryphal text that, that God says that he cannot alter the things that has already gone out of his mouth. So, uh, so the, well, that would explain the contradictions in the Bible. <laughs> uh, Ke- Kevin, I'm going to, I don't know if you had more and that's, and thanks for that. I don't know what that, what that really was, but um, I'll go back and watch that again and see if I can figure that out. You're, you're, you're you're letting the ifs do a lot of heavy lifting you always do that i've screened you a couple of times and i enjoy when you call because i know it's going to be an interesting conversation it's going to be outside of my usual everyday caller i've seen you on the show a bunch of times i always know it's going to be something that i hadn't thought of before and so i do appreciate that you got some creative thinking going on but i wonder is there ever a claim that you reject because it seems like you find something and then you say, well, if it's true, then I'm going to find these connections. And then I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to make the connections between this new claim and some other claims that I have. Uh, I think what you need to do is get your feet on the ground. And I've said this to you before on a call screen. Really, Kevin, are there any claims that you reject? And why did you reject those claims? I'm wondering, and I don't mean to disparage you or anyone else in the audience in any way, are you a Q supporter too? Am I, am I a what supporter? Don't, don't, don't tell <laughs> Johnny, if he doesn't Maybe know, I made a mistake. Maybe I made a mistake. No, you have created a monster. <laughs> I, I, t- I tell you what, never mind. No, I'm not a QAnon supporter. Okay. That's great. There are some claims that maybe you reject. I would try to falsify your claims before you go ahead and try to find connections. Try to figure out if you can falsify them. All right. Okay. Before you call in with another conversation, because hmm. I, I mean, you guys do bring a lot of uh, challenges to my way of thinking, too. You know what I mean? That's wonderful. Yeah, That's all yeah. we want to do. Kevin, I like you. Oh, I yeah, like it. No. You're a good yeah. egg, Kevin. Yes. I, I agree with you with actually, you know what I mean? Uh, but it, it still brings a lot of heavy questions I have in my mind. Like, 
I, I kind of don't want to say it because it's a different subject, but like, for example, the, the, the border between Christians and theists. But then the question that, that borders between them is, do we carry our experience with us after death, uh, death of the body? And that's a really, really heavy question. It is. It's an intense yeah. one. Sure. And I think that it's, Kevin, next time you call in, because I know you're going to call again, I would I would love to dive into kind of the things that we have said and what it made you worry about, right? If we're bringing up some points that are sitting heavy, we want to talk about those things, right? We don't want to go off running after a shiny new thing. Sorry, Johnny, I feel like you take personal offense at that today. Yeah, um, <laughs> we want to get down to the root of these questions. So if you're heavy, heavy question, if what is weighing heavy on you right now is, are we finite beings and can we continue to experience or relive or or exist after death? That is the conversation we need to be having, right? That is the conversation that's going to be interesting and get us somewhere. So call in again and we'll talk about that or something equally weighty. Let's Let's go deep. Let's go deep. I'm not afraid, Kevin. Are you afraid? No. No, not at all. For sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Always, always a Thanks pleasure. For, <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Kevin. Um, v, can I say something? Something that whenever Kevin calls or callers that are sort of in the in the Kevin ilk, mm-hmm. it feels like watching a YouTube video where they're talking about the specs of the Enterprise or the Galactica, who would win in a space battle Yes, um, yeah. between a superstar destroyer and the TARDIS or something. It's... um. It's a whole lot of spinning the wheels, and we can never really get at anything real there. And um, he comes back with another genre of imagination rather than anything grounded. And that's what it feels like yeah. every time. So, Yeah, exactly. There, there are – if we take any initial text, we can find connections to other things using it, right? I, I know that well. I was a nut for Lord of the Rings for years. Still am. Frankly. Is that true? Is that true? I didn't. Uh, you knew you didn't know. You had no didn't idea. Know that. Wow. Yeah. It's a surprise. I know. I come across as, as some way too cool for that. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. So for for years, every time I saw, like literally, I would be like, "It smells like rain." Therefore, I am going to remember this particular scene from the book, primarily the one where they leave Rivendell as the Nine Walkers, um, and Sam is not happy about it. Uh, but so. Yes, you can start with any foundational text and draw conclusions from that. You can talk about the specs of the enterprise, right? But regardless of how well you can do that, if the goal is to prove that foundational text, that needs to be predominant. That needs to be what your focus is before we can talk about what happens after. All right. We are going to thank the patrons in about seven, eight minutes. So we have time for one more caller before we do that. And then we'll get to the rest of these guys. Um, you have any preferences, Johnny? Anyone yeah. looks interesting? A few people. Um, uh, Steve in California. All Extraterrestrials. Right. Let's talk about aliens. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. What can we help you with today? Steve? Uh, They've abducted him. Oh. I wanted to talk about aliens. I, I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. What about them? So, uh, so me, me and my boys have always talked about this topic for a while now. We, we, we were thinking, like, you know, like, how, how would they look like? And how come 
And how come we haven't seen any, you know, straight evidence of these, like, like, like beings, right? So what mm-hmm. I was wondering is, like, your thoughts. Like, do you think there's any type of other beings out there that are not human that are maybe on Earth or not? Like, do, like what do you think about V, can I can I say something first? Go for it, Jenny. And you're probably thinking this is a this is a proper call for truth wanted, right? That's what you're thinking, V, and folks in the audience in YouTube land. But actually, it can tie into the subject matter of this show because a, a Catholic friend of mine, good buddy, Patrick, I hope you're not watching, um, has said, if you don't believe in God, do you believe in the existence of aliens? Because you have all this data about the the percentage of star of stars out there that have habitable or potentially habitable planets and the odds and the likelihood and all this kind of stuff. So do you believe that aliens exist? Right. Or do you, are, are you agnostic about, about them? Or are you an a- atheistic about the existence of aliens? And I say, well, I think aliens probably do exist, but is that a tenant of faith on my part? Because I have no evidence of aliens. I just have st- statistics. Right. Um, so is that where you're going with this? Uh, or is this a straight up? What do aliens look like? Yeah, like just, yeah, like no, no, nothing, nothing like that, like faith and stuff, just like, just like in, in general, you know, like I'm not trying to explain it. I just, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Um, they look like black blobs that are on the existence of an arid planet. Don't get too close because you'll get absorbed into it and Tashiar will die. I don't know what aliens look like, man. Um, if they exist at all. Depends on the budget, really. Yeah, depends on the budget. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve, I'm going to say that probably based on my very basic understanding of how abiogenesis and evolution happens on life uh, supporting planets it's possible that there are things that we would classify as living beings on planets that are not this one do i think that they are walking among us probably not um do i think that we are going to find people out there who look anything like us a carbon-based life form with this many orifices no I don't think that's the case. I think that that is a beautiful, beautiful fantasy. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I know that in 2063, there will be no Vulcans showing up on planet Earth. But uh, not yeah. in my canon. <clears throat> I, I I guess that's the answer to your question. Anything else today? Well, do, do, do you think the government knows anything about because they keep teasing something about like Mars, like underground alien bases or something like there's there's like i think two words for you truth wanted my friend call in on fridays at 7 p.m central call it 6 30 do yourself we've got yeah we've got another show that talks specifically about this kind of thing this is more of a god and religion related show uh i will just say for the record that i do not think the government knows anything about aliens because if they did trump would have told us (laughs) Because he cannot keep his mouth shut. Ooh, All right. Because he speaks in speaks in <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in, Steve. Uh, go check out Truth Wanted. I think it's more up your alley. All right. That was an interesting call. We don't get many alien-related calls on this show. No, not enough. Not nearly enough. Mm-mm. Also, I'm noticing that a lot, in fact, all of these callers so far have been men. Pretty yeah, what's sure. What's up with that? Hmm? Yeah, give us give us some give us some diversity up in here, you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Call in. We want to talk to you. If you are mm-hmm. a lady and a theist or a non-binary or Thank you. person as a Thank theist, you, that yes. would be fun. 
All right, we are going to be thanking the patrons now. I am refreshing this page, if I can find the refresh button on a Mac that isn't mine. <clears throat> all right, guys, seriously, the ACA could not do what we do without all of you. Um, you liking the show, you watching the show every week, hitting that thumbs up, sharing it out, clicking that bell. All of those things are ways that you are actively helping us get bigger. We hit 80,000 subscribers last week. And that is all you guys, right? Whether or not you donate, whether or not you give 50 cents or $100, this is because of you. And the top five patrons this week are Eric Tweet, Desert Heathen, Bethany P., Ward Knippling, and Balam's Donkey. And of course, as always, we give the shout out to Dingleberry Jackson. Um, and you know what? Paul Leah is actually tied with Dingleberry. So thank you, Paul. Appreciate you. All right. Um, if you are interested in knocking down any one of those top five from their perch, which they have inhabited for quite a long time, uh, feel free to up your donation. We won't be mad. All right. Hey, look at that. I, I wished it and it came into being. I am God, Johnny. Mm -hmm. I am fucking I'm a, I'm a god. Okay. You're fucking god? I am fucking god. Hey. Mm, you, Thursday. You don't know. Somewhere. You don't know. It's my experience. Mm. All right. Let's talk with Priscilla in Washington. Priscilla, welcome to the show. What can we help you with today? Hi. Yeah. So I grew up in a very Christian, um, more cultish than like Christian church. It was very small. There was only seven families that went there. Hi. Uh, yeah. We were same. Taught, we were taught in like a really strong way that women weren't allowed to lead unless it was with children or other women. Um, and when we left that church, my mom kind of kept that thinking going and talked that way when we would talk about like what we wanted to be growing up. It was like, oh, well, you can't be in a leadership type role. You can't mm. be above men. And then it was always talked about how our period was the main reason was because women are unstable because they're on a period. Um, and that always seemed wrong to me and it always made me feel a lot of shame around having a period. Um, and also not knowing how to really argue against that because obviously I sometimes do act a little crazy when I'm on my period. So like there's always that little bit of truth mixed with it. So like, I don't know, I'm confused. That is, this is an amazing call. And I love that we're getting like a truth wanted call followed up by what would probably be best on secular sexuality, to be honest. But I love that you called in, Priscilla. Uh, so I'm going to answer you here, but then also suggest that you call in on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central using the same number. Um, that will get you access to our show about sex and relationships and gender and all of those wonderful and complex dynamics. Um, we have therapists on that show and, and guests who really know their stuff. So definitely call in there as well. But I do want to touch on this because this is a real issue. I also grew up in a very small culty kind of Christian family. I was also told that a leadership position was not available to me because even though I am non-binary, I was raised to be a woman. And I also had periods. Still do if I skip a skip a week <clears throat> on my birth control. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it, it's the same for me. My 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 siblings do not believe that they should be sitting under a, a, a female pastor. My 
grandmother says that the last time she was uh, talking to a woman who was a pastor, she felt spiritually afraid, which to me was just shocking. Like there was something not only like not quite right, but deeply spiritually wrong with it. So this is not a new phenomenon. This is not something that you're alone in facing. Um, so I just want to put that out there first. Second, the most insidious thing about a lie is that it uses just a little bit of truth to convince you of it. That's what religion does in general. Yeah, people kind of feel shitty sometimes. And yeah, sometimes people do terrible things. And sometimes, inexplicably, people do amazing things. And we have fear of death. And we have this sense that there's something more and that we don't quite understand everything. All of those things are true. But the 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 jump from these things are true Therefore, you must believe all of my claims around the topic about why we're feeling this way and what it means and who's up there and what's down there, you know, like all of this, they, they don't necessarily correlate, right? And in the same way, yeah, uh, it is a known fact that hormones get kind of out of whack a week before your period, right? That is a thing that happens to everybody who has periods. But that by itself, as a fact, has nothing to do with anything relating to spirituality or religion or morality or the way a social structure should be created. So yeah, I understand that sometimes you will experience a thing that feels true and that will work to back up a claim that someone else has made for you. But it doesn't necessarily have to. And if you do a little bit of research into exactly the hormones in, in involved, you will actually find that everybody has those hormones, not just women, right? And everybody has hormone cycles, not just people born in, in women's bodies, right? This is not a thing that is only for women. The only difference is that when you have a uterus, regardless of your gender, it expels stuff regularly, right? That's all that that means. So yeah, I think, I don't know, this is this is a much larger conversation to have and I encourage you to call into secular sexuality. But um, what are your what are your initial thoughts after hearing that? Uh, it feels good to be validated that um, it's something that all people go through. And it, I'm, yeah, sorry, my brain just kind of went blank for a second. That's okay. Uh, happens to me all the time. That all humans have similar types of hormones going through them mm -hmm. and to remember that it doesn't affect whether or not we can lead or not. It's our leadership ability to lead or not, not what's happening in our pants, which is kind of how I've always felt. It's just when I would start to act a little crazy on my period, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe they're right. You know, maybe that's exact. It's like a reaffirming each time. And I just didn't know how to get that out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Priscilla, um, it might help you to think about instead of what people describe society as let's let's look at what society is actually like who seems to start all the bar fights it's men who seems to start all the wars it's men who are in the prison system it's men and there might be reasons for that that are aside from hormonal levels it might be societal levels but they're picking they're cherry picking certain facts about your biology and the biology of 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 people who have periods and people who have hormonal cycles, which are all people, mm -hmm. and they're pointing to you and saying, "Well, because you belong in this category, you can't think clearly." It's a it's a bunch of bullshit, and it's something that has been ingrained into your head, and it's probably going to take you years and years, and maybe the rest of your life to shake it off. Other people telling you 
who you are as opposed to you knowing who you are. Um, I'll tell you, I've lost my shit before um, from anger in places. Um, is it because I'm having maybe a hormonal level or is it, am I being triggered by someone's BS? Probably a little bit of both. But that is that, does it disqualify me from teaching someone something on a particular subject in a particular moment? No, of course not. We'd all be disqualified from everything if we were if we were judged based upon our moments of lack of control, right? Including the 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 jackasses that told you that. Exactly. Also, it's worth noting that let's take a real world example, right? The the pandemic that's been going on worldwide. The, the, the countries that are led by women who have women prime ministers or uh, presidents, they are the ones that are handling the virus the best, right? They are the ones data driven. This is this is an actual fact. I can link the actual thing here just so everybody has access to it. Um, That's so awesome. Someone can send that out there to the chat, you guys. Um, they're all doing a better job than... <laughs> the countries that are not led by women. Maybe not all, but statistically, if a country is being led by a woman, they are better at managing this pandemic. And again, it doesn't have anything to do with hormones, right? That is not a reason for anything, right? And th we got to get out of this, this habit of making it about our biology, right? If there is one thing that I'm tired of talking about on every level, of my existence it is but what about your biology or what about your hormones or what about what's in your pants right these are things that are real that affect all of us but do not come into play when we're talking about things like leading when we're talking about things like education when we're talking about things like human rights these there 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 is no correlation there and it comes from this ancient desire to understand how to procreate right and so we set up society way 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 back when to be like okay these are the people who do this part of the having kids and these are the people who do that part of the having kids and so that's how we need to set things up because the goal is to have more kids and it makes it easy if we set things up this way but we have evolved so far beyond that so it's not even uh, something that needs to come into the conversation anymore and unfortunately a lot of religion is still stuck in that old mindset especially especially the more fundamentalist or orthodox kinds of, of mm -hmm. uh, cults. So 3000 year old thinking yeah. is what it is. And it's not updated to make checks on reality. We talk a lot about leadership too, as though leadership were the only quality to think about, but let's talk about not following, but cooperative action. Mm -hmm. Those, those societies that have chosen people who are leading us out of the, the pandemic in a more, um, holistic, holistic, ugh, um, in a more <laughs> comprehensive way, um, are societies that are probably more likely to think about a societal well-being as opposed to individual rights above all, mm. um, uber alles. And maybe the the societies that elected those leaders, uh, women or not, are those who put a premium on everyone succeeding. And it just happens that those leaders um, that are chosen are women in that instance. Um, so I, I think you're right, V. This goes back to ancient type of thinking where leader of tribe is leader who leads warriors. Warriors defend us from others. Me leader, me in charge, me tell you what do, right? 
no, I, I, that's ancient thinking. We don't do that anymore. We don't need to listen to the people that can lead us into battle anymore for our decision making. We can listen to experts who might have smaller muscles, but who can help us understand subtle problems. And uh, the fact that women on average are of smaller muscles than men, I think we're turning a corner on that. We're rounding the curve on that kind of bullshit thinking, but we're not there yet. And maybe we're at this time in history where we'll remember a before and an after. And it seems really hard for us because we're not there yet, but we are going to get there by resisting that kind of thinking and keep on pushing forward. And, and I'm sorry, you're in the crossfires, but you can, you can play a role in changing that way of thinking. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, th- I think that just looking at it from a completely different um, mindset versus like the old mindset and, and researching it more and hearing more opinions and um, like the debunking of that thought is really just going to be a lot of research and talking with people. And so, yeah, I'll call into the sec- secular sexuality Perfect. Good. Please do. And Priscilla, honestly, like, kudos to you. Like, this is a difficult conversation to talk about with anybody. And you just called into a live show in front of other people to talk about these things that need to be destigmatized, that need to be said. That is immensely brave of you. And, you know, my my metaphorical hat is off to you. So thank you for having this conversation with us today. Thank you. Yeah, it really brought it up because I heard my mom talking to my uh, niece, her granddaughter, Mm -hmm. about it. She's about six years old, and she was saying those things to her. And I was like, whoa, I remember that conversation happening with me, and I don't think Mm -hmm. that's true anymore. And really diving into it all night, and then I remembered you guys had the show today, and I was like, oh, so thank you so much. I love it. I want to have the right words for her. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in, Priscilla. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You too. Oh my gosh, that was that was an intense call. I got passionate, mm. passionate about that. Oh my gosh. Okay, uh, we have another thing to call in, which is awesome. And oh, Douglas from Canada is calling specifically to talk about what you just said about women's roles in the church, Johnny. Uh oh, what did I say? Let's have it. Yeah, let's let's see. Let's see what Douglas has to say. Hi, Douglas. Welcome to the show. Hello, V. Hello, Johnny P. Angel. Hey, Douglas. How you doing? How are you? Doing good. What can we help yeah. you with? Uh, I was listening to what you just said two calls ago, saying about women, and the lady was complaining that women can't be in the church or shouldn't be features. Mm-hmm. Okay, I remember Mr. Angel. He was saying, Mrs. Angel was saying that that men uh, men have a tendency like who is. Mo- I remember him saying like who is more mostly in jail, who is more aggressive. It's men. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. I, I don't know all the exact statistics. However, I will want to say that. Women can be just as aggressive and just as evil as men are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure Absolutely. can. Absolutely. If the world became more feminine, the world the world be a better place. I complete that's complete almost and BS. Uh, I don't think if the world became more feminine is the answer. I, I personally reject the idea of masculine and feminine traits per se that they're set in stone, and that if you have if you express a certain trait of compassion or protection that you are expressing a feminine trait or a masculine trait we've we've labeled them some people have labeled them differently it's all very contextual um no no i i don't i don't uh i don't buy it sorry um but what i do think is if well hang on a second hang on a second there douglas from canada hold on 
What I'm saying is that a lot of people are willing to throw women under the bus for having times, periods in their month where they might be more emotional, but they're, they're pointing their fingers outward, but they don't see the three fingers pointing back at themselves. We all manifest emotional behavior, all right? But when we look at what's actually happening in society, how does that emotional behavior actually fit into the, manifest itself in the world? A lot of men are in jail. Now, are a lot of men in jail because they are emotionally unstable? Is it because men are put in a place where they have to provide economically? Are they under pressure to be active and aggressive? I don't know what the answer to that is, Douglas from Canada. I can tell you, Douglas from Canada, that there is, that needs to be considered, okay? And feminizing the world, that doesn't even make any sense. But being more cooperative does make more sense. And don't tell me that men can't be cooperative. We are. Yeah, we are. Exactly. I'm a dude. I'm cooperative. He's cooperating right now. Sure. Are you, are you a man, Douglas? Yes, I am. Do you work, do you work with people at work or, or at, in some functions? Do you, do you work together to a common goal? Yes. Do you have a family? I live with a family. Perfect. Do you have any children or a spouse of some kind? No. Okay. Do you have parents or brothers and sisters? Yes. Do you work with them toward common goals? Yes. Okay. Are you protective of your of your loved ones? Would you would you defend them? Or you you give them succor when they need help? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So is that feminizing you? That makes me more masculine. Oh, it does. Okay. Do you do you do you have hair upon your head? What what does that have to do with anything? Yes or no? Do you have hair upon your head? Yes. Okay. Do you comb your hair to make it look nice? Yes. Is that is that preening kind of like how women comb their hair in a way to look nice and pretty? These these categories don't really mean anything. We all kind of do the same thing all the time. We just do it in different ways. And the differences are more individualistic than they are based upon some sort of, sort of gender uh, assignment. Wouldn't you agree? So so you agree that this that the the gender should be thrown out the window. Is that what you think? No, what, I, what I'm saying is that some people got a gender abolitionist in the house. This is not the first one either. This is impressive. Yeah, but but it's different, right? It's not like, it's <laughs> hey, a, I'm willing to find allies where I can. Man. All right, let's let's explore it. V, go ahead. Gender abolitionism. Come on, let's have it. OK, so, Douglas, uh, what you 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 are clearly understanding that there is a difference between sex and gender, right? Yes. Perfect. Awesome. We're on the same page. And you think that gender roles and calling things masculine and feminine are useless and do more harm than good. No, no, no. no. Males and, male and females exist. And it's not just a body. It's also energy. Male energy. Oh, oh we got okay. some energy with it with a uppercase E or a, what kind of energy? What do you mean? Is it like a metaphorical energy or is it actual like electromagnetic type of energy? Energy, any top of. Okay, let's take the two of you. I guarantee you, between the two of you, Johnny, you're more, ma- because you're masculine, you're, you're more forceful and you are more logical. V, no offense, but you're less logical. You'll be, you're more of your emotions. Well, oh, I just I dropped this so. call. So, how's <laughs> oh, that for forceful? No, no, no. Uh, in a logic battle, V beats me into the ground and I cry about it. No, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm very emotional, dude. Uh, wherever you are in the ether. Oh um, my gosh. That's if terrible. your energy is still here, that is a very bad way to have an argument. So Maybe we need to reverse the polarity. <laughs> Some anti- matter, anti-matter shit up in here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
All right. Here's a here's a good a good tip for everybody else calling in either today or in the future. If you try and have a conversation with me about logic that starts with because you have a vagina, I will hang up on you. So, yeah, that's that. We have three more callers. Let's see if we can get to all three before we end the show today. How are you sure. feeling, Johnny? I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling the buzz from my caffeine. I like got- that. I like that Douglas didn't mention anything about the multiple sparkly outfits you are wearing right now no. in his discussion about you being the more masculine. Maybe one. I'm peacocking <laughs> in some kind of way. Maybe I'm doing this in a masculine sense. There you go. There you go. Hear that, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk with Tristan in Texas because Tristan has been on the line for a while and has an idea about objective morality. Tristan, welcome to the show. Welcome, Tristan. Hello. Uh, I've, I've been a huge fan of uh, talkies and, and uh, AT experience. I'm very excited to get to talk to y'all. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you on the line. What can we help you with? Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about um, uh, the idea of objective morality and how if, if it can exist and how like it would like kind of change or affect our everyday anything, right? And... I believe I've come at least somewhere near the idea of a objective morality or intrinsic morality. I don't know which one is, which one more illustrates what I'm trying to say. Okay. Can I I say something? Can I say something, Tristan? I appreciate the way you framed it. You didn't come at us with a, a checkmate. I've got something. It's more like I'm zeroing in on something. And I I think you're going to say, let's try it out and see if it works. Right, Tristan? Mm -hmm, Completely. Cool. I like awesome. it. Awesome. Awesome. This guy has some good so, banter possibilities going on. All right. So let's decide after we hear your your theory about whether it better fits objective versus intrinsic morality, because those are very different things. Um, but I don't want to make a decision on which one it is before we hear what you have to say. No, I understand. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it um, we don't know everything in the universe. We at, at, at least from what I understand, we know very little about what could exist, what is. Like, there's so many what if, and but uh, regarding everything that is. And so, there, and as far as we are aware, there is no at least true objective or intrinsic moral or like moral value in any way. Like, there's nothing that truly matters or objectively matters. It's all like we decide what we matter. Like uh, we decide to be humanists because we value these things, but it's not necessarily intrinsic to the universe or anything like that. It's more of we are human, like a lot of uh, just pathways down that way with no true object uh, objectivity. Like uh, asteroids don't care about genocide. Uh, say again? Like asteroids don't care about genocide. It's not intrinsic in the... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, because we don't know everything, that means there could be something that either objectively or morally matters out there. Not that it does or that there is even a possibility, but because we lack all the knowledge and all the information of the universe that we could properly say or assert anything, then it is our job to learn about the universe, to question, find out all this information. Because if there is something that is objectively or morally valuable, uh, yeah, yeah, is morally, (laughs) is objectively or intrinsically valuable in a moral sense, 
that exist out there in one way or another, then we should know about this and we should try and learn about this. It may, it may exist, it may not exist, but we can't know until we learn everything there is. And because it could exist, then it is our job to continue learning. And because it could exist, then it is morally good or I would say morally good to learn about this and to try and ascertain more and more knowledge of the universe until we either find that it does or it does not. Okay. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that the goal of accumulating more knowledge and the act of learning more is in itself intrinsically moral? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean... That's I, honestly like I don't know how much I, I I like or find useful the idea of intrinsic morality as a as a concept. But hey, if that's if that's your your moral compass is just learning as much as you can, I'll I'll take it. Like we have no qualms. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it, but I I don't think it necessarily follows. I, I think that you could still have a very myopically focused, non-seeking an objective truth out there and still be satisfying a super relativistic kind of morality. But um, I like it as a, as a, as a general principle for trying to know as many true things and as few false things as possible. This is a good maxim to hold to, to achieve that. But that desire itself seems relatively, um, I don't know. I'm not yeah. There. I think, I think the only, the only caveat I would have uh, Tristan is the only way we would be able to actually determine if that was moral is if the thing we were looking for, that, that objective morality, cared about whether or not we looked for it, right? So, like... It doesn't even uh, matter whether or not it cares or not. It's merely the fact that something out there could be moral or could be uh, intrinsically uh, moral or valuable or any of the, you know, the things that... Like it's just an intrinsic property of value in some kind, whether or not it cares, we find out about it, whether or not it even exists. The idea that it can exist means that it must be important for, for us to find it. If it does not exist, then the goal of finding it is meaningless. But because we can't possibly know that until we find out everything, we have to find everything. What, uh, how does that look any different from, um, how does that change a person's behavior as far as trying to find the best way to make society function, to make sure that individuals don't suffer, to make sure that justice is served in this lifetime? What is it? What does it look? How does it look different to pursue the aims of scientific exploration or um, any of that? Like, how, wh- how would you act differently because, with that principle? Um, it, so the whole goal is obviously to find more information, to better ascertain, like finding more and more and more as we can and getting faster and faster until we find everything, obviously. Oh, oh, I have a question. What if, what if learning, it feels to me that it necessitates that learning everything includes learning things like how long it takes somebody to die of hypothermia in a controlled environment. Is that morally good? Because we are learning about a new thing, but we are actively violating someone's autonomy and causing harm to that individual. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, this would answer both of them. It's the value of information and ask, like, gaining knowledge is 
that is that which is moral, which whatever helps us to ask more and be able to find more information is inherently moral. So if say like, uh, which this is just hypothetical, but like say beating your children, right? At age three or four meant that they were better scientists and better at learning and like ascertaining knowledge later on in life, because that helps us to find more and learn more, uh, that is intrinsically good. That is, or that is like morally good or whatever. And all things set, like if it ultimately came about that religion, right? If being religious meant we asked and we learned more, which I don't believe it does, but just the idea that it did, meant that we do this more, then that is good. And all things follow suit on that. Whether or not you're... Whether or not Whoa! You're- this is so cool. This is exact... Okay, 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 Johnny. This is exactly that hmm. episode from Voyager where the doctor recreates the Cardassian uh, surgeon to help save Balana. Belana Torres, half Klingon, half human engineer of the USS Voyager. Okay, but here's here's the thing. At the beginning, you think that they are aligned morally because they both value above all else the pursuit of information and the pursuit of knowledge, and that to them means morality. And you're like, yeah, I agree with both of these. This is awesome. And uh, as you go, you learn that the doctor prioritizes moral action that values consent and autonomy and the the Cardassian surgeon values knowledge even at the expense of an individual's autonomy and that ultimately is the the you know pull apart in that episode and Tristan I think we just had that moment I was absolutely on board with you and I was like Tristan's Tristan's making sense and then you said that and I was just yeah. like oh oh yeah. no this was like one of those movie twists in the middle of the episode yeah Wow. Tristan, I, I've got I've got two bones to pick with this. The first one is that um, while you were talking about that torturing children or beating children to make them better scientists, I kept thinking about Nazi scientists doing whatever they could do to advance their goal of creating a master race. Um, and and then V mentioned the Cardassians, who are an allegory for the Nazis yeah. in the Star Trek universe. But my second beef with you is that you gave V some ammunition against me to say that Voyager is a superior Star Trek <laughs> show. And I don't <laughs> appreciate that, Tristan. Um, I got a beef with you now. Oh, my God. Just okay, kidding. Tristan, we need to move on to other callers. I think that you're kind of there, but you absolutely, absolutely need to amend your ideas around uh, consent, autonomy, and, and and causing harm uh, if we are going to be on the same page about a, an intrinsic morality. So thanks for calling in, though. Understood. No, I, I very much appreciate it. I hope you all have a good day. Thank That's you. You too. Take care. But if I had a bad day and it benefited science, would that be better? Um, all right. We have literally, we should be wrapping up. I do want to quickly quickly take one of these calls and then we'll hopefully loop the other one into um discord afterwards because we're going to jump onto discord uh i know michael in germany has been on the line for a while and i do want to make sure that we talk with you before we sign off today so michael in germany welcome to the show how can you help how can we help you the gates michael thanks for taking my call 
Um, yeah, so I have a friend who is a theist, and we had a couple of discussions on religion, especially what he believes and why. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, in the end, it always comes down to you just have to have faith. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, but we covered faith too. Um, so in the end, it was um, my beliefs make me feel good. Therefore, I see no reason why I should drop them. Mm-hmm. And so you have a person that acknowledges that he is being irrational with his beliefs, uh, but um, still keeps them. So this one was tricky for me. I didn't know how to respond exactly. So I'm asking you. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. It's something I've come up a lot against uh, in both my personal life and on calls like these. Honestly, the thing that we end up asking callers who are giving us these arguments that don't quite follow is, hey, do you care about finding out what's true? Is that something that you want to do? Because if it's not, and it sounds like for your friend, feeling good is more important than finding true things. Uh, If that is the case, then there's really not very much you can do outside of that, right? They have made their decision in terms of what they value. And that is always going to win out. Now, the good thing is that this person clearly has had enough conversations with you that you have started making an impact. They are able to accept, okay, maybe the things that I am thinking don't make sense. Uh, maybe the things that I'm thinking are, are you know, fallacious in some way, but they still make me feel good. And that's their last bastion, right? They're holding out there and they are going to hold that fort for as long as they can. And that's fine. That is their decision. And as an autonomous being, they get to make that choice. I think for you, if you are concerned about what to do next, especially if you're seeing that this person is actually coming to some harm based on their worldview, is to just be there outside, right? If you are there outside and they are holed up in their tower of, but it makes me feel good. And they look out and they see that you're okay. And they see that you're there and you see that they see that you're existing in the real world without crumbling. That is eventually, hopefully going to get them to a place where they can feel like they might be able to step out the door as well. Okay. Um, so there is not really something I can do. At this point, um, if you've come up against everything and it just becomes that wall of, but it makes me feel good, so I'm going to choose to continue to believe it, that's really where you have to throw up your hands and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to walk away, but I find me when you decide that you want to find what is true. Because as somebody who went through that process of realizing first that things didn't make sense and realizing that, oh, no, if I get rid of these things, then I'm going to feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. It takes a little while to get over that hump. But this is not by any means. I'm not reading this as your friend will never realize the error of their ways. To me, this is this is a pause. They have expressed to you that they need a break and they need to go do some thinking. And if they come back to you at some point, you will be able to better accept them and prove your points to them when they are ready to listen. But until that happens, it really is their call. Right. And and Michael, you, you watch this show, AXP, other shows, including the nonprofits, which airs just after this, I'm sure. But there's um, you might get from these shows the idea that you have a conversation and it goes in a very orderly fashion and it starts from point A to point B and ends up at point C. And that in a course of a 10, 20 minute conversation or an hour conversation or a series of short calls, the the both parties understand each other, but that's not the way life works. 
what you can do is be a friend, listen to the person's concerns, uh, be a good exemplar of non-belief and still being a good friend and person in society. Mm -hmm. And if the person, your friend is interested in learning more about it or starts having doubts, you can have that conversation a little bit at a time. I talk about this all the time. Have situational awareness. Don't force a conversation. Um, don't expect that you're, that the conversation is going to go your way. Look to see if your friend is ready, because if your friend is ready to have the conversation, you'll make a lot more progress than if your friend yeah, is not ready. Exactly. It, it's a little like fencing. You don't just like jump right at the person. You wait for the moment to maybe make that little comment about faith or comment about compassion at the right time. It'll score a point if you're into scoring points. Um, you also have to be willing to open yourself up to being proven wrong or undecided about something that you feel very strongly about. That's honest conversation is one where you're both trying to find out what the truth is rather than one person wins at the expense of the other. And I think the last thing I'll leave you with, uh, Michael, is that there's a there's something that other ACA hosts say a lot that really kind of hit home for me, which is you might not be the right person to get them there right? You might be the person that opened the door and they're not going to walk through it until the right person comes and leads them out. So you have done a lot of groundwork, it sounds like, and that's important, but you might not be the one to get them over that finish line. And that's okay. You, you contributed to that when or if that eventually happens, a large part of that credit does go to you. But don't put that burden on yourself to be that person, right? Because it's very, it's very possible that it might not be. I can make good points with certain family members every day and they will say, oh, that's cool. And then forget about it. It might live somewhere in the, their subconscious, but I'm not going to be the one to make a point because I don't have that particular relationship with them. That's going to have to come from somebody else. But hopefully, once it does come from somebody else, what I have said will resonate much deeper. Um, Michael, is there any any last thoughts for us today? Um, yeah. Um, what I ask myself is, uh, why would someone choose um, not to care for rationality and truth? Um, mm -hmm. so they I, do. If someone, um, but yeah, but not that they if they keep believing, but they acknowledge they're being irrational. Um, I understand if someone is not exposed to critical thinking, and they then they don't understand um, why they're not justified in their belief. But if someone exposes them all this stuff, and they still keep believing because of feelings, I don't understand why someone would choose that over rationality. Michael, they probably do care about those things, um, but they're maybe they're not seeing it the way you see it. Um, I don't, we don't know what the tone of the conversation was. Sometimes when a person is backed into a corner, they'll say something like that. It makes me feel good or it makes me a better person. Um, they may have said that as their, as their mm -hmm. smoke grenade and then they drop it yeah. and they run away. They might not actually believe that. Um, they might believe that they're following everything through rationally. You don't agree with them, but they probably think that you're not seeing things rationally, that you're ignoring certain facts out of, principle or pride. So again, maybe don't judge your friend as a hopeless cause or as a person set in stone. We're all on a journey, whether it's a journey toward better financial stability or better emotional intelligence or uh, a journey of, of understanding how the world, ex you know, where it comes from, where are we going, what our meaning in life is. And things change over time. My personal attitudes have changed 
immensely since I was a child and even since I was a young adult. And it will continue to change and, and develop. And so will yours and so will your friends. So keep that in mind. Um, but make sure that the tone of the conversation remains collegial and constructive. And you will have more luck um, maintaining a, a close relationship with that person. And you'll continue to talk about these subjects. Because if you come on too strong, and I don't know if you did, you might not have. Uh, you're just going to push them away. And it's going to be all smoke bombs from now yeah. on. Thank you so much for calling in, Michael. We really need to to jump off. I'm sorry you were on the line for so long, but we are going to be on Discord after this for about 20 minutes while we're waiting for the nonprofits to start. Um, so if you want, uh, you can find us there at Discord. Um, tiny.cc slash ACA Discord is the invite link for that. Uh, thanks so much for calling in, Michael. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Michael. All right. So, Johnny, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I had yeah. a good time. Yeah. You said the word collegiate. And I feel like that's your vibe. Like collegiate, but make it sparkly. I said collegial, collegial. Not collegiate. Collegiate, collegial. That's fair. fair Probably point. they're related, but yeah. Sparkly, <laughs> feeling good. I'm feeling very feminine today because I'm wearing sparkly clothes. I get, Damn. No. I'm just out here feminizing the universe. Shoot. Uh, it's all the soy that it's I all eat. the soy. It's yeah. all the, the mate. mate. Um, all right. Can we go to the crew camp? Because we have an amazing crew out here who has been running around making sure that we look good, that we are sounding good, that we're coming through to you guys without any glitches. And, of course, there's Crew Cat. And we've got a Live Long and Prosper sign in there as oh, well. Yeah. So I'm loving that. Peace oh. and long life. <laughs> All right, Johnny, ready to throw up some love rings? Let's see if I we am. can do this. All right. Three, two, one, go. Yay. It love works. it. It does work. It works every time and every time it makes me happy. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are an essential worker, if you are somebody who is out there on the front lines, whether that is stocking grocery shelves or whether that is saving lives in an ER, we appreciate you. We see you. We value you and the work that you are doing. Uh, we also believe you should get a living wage. Uh, so we will be fighting for that where we can. But uh, as 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 always, thank you. Uh, whether you believe or not, uh, you are important in making this country continue to run through the second year of this pandemic. And we're doing what we can on our end as well. For those of you who don't believe... This is your community. We are here for you. We are in your pocket, on your phone. We are on your laptop screens or on your TVs right now. And we're saying you're here and you're valuable. And whether or not you have a period, you are a leader in your community. And you should be able to uh, feel safe and full of community and acceptance. And that's what the ACA is for. For those of you who do believe... Johnny, why are you drinking now? You need to help me say this. For those oh. of you who do believe, we don't we hate don't you. Hate you. We, we just, just think, think you're wrong. wrong. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.
dream. Spring is the perfect time to refresh your space. And Haverty's wide selection and endless custom options make it easy. And right now, everything's on sale. So you won't just save on one thing. You'll save on everything. So go ahead and make your office space work harder. Your guest room more inviting. And your living room more livable. With thousands of fabric and leather options to choose from, you get furniture just the way you want it. So whatever room you're looking to refresh, right now, you can get it for less at Haverty's. Because everything's on sale. There once was a dad who set out on a great quest to find the perfect Coke flavors at his family's request. So we went into a local store and grabbed the Coke Cherry Vanilla, Coke Cherry, and more. At dinner, they sipped Coke flavors and rejoiced, for everyone had made their own delicious choice. Coca-Cola flavors, unbelievably delicious. With so many delicious Coca-Cola flavors and Coca-Cola Zero Sugar flavors options to choose from, you'll have to taste them all. Listening to today's episode. And that's it for this week's episode. Add us to your podcatcher or on iTunes now so that you can make sure you never miss out on another second of our wonderful podcast. We would hate for you to miss out. Have a great week, everyone. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.